Francis, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. I have to say this first. Uh, I want to congratulate you on another podcast right up front uh, that you produced. It uh, Last summer, our family was on a road trip in Ontario, and we listened to Recall. How to oh, start you did? A- yes. Loved it. And I've got a... Yeah, he was... He was 15 at the time, my son. And uh, he, you know, after we heard a couple of episodes, we stopped at one town and then the next day or two days later, he says, hey, put that podcast back on recall. So, uh, yeah, we we thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you, first of all, for uh, for helping to put that together. Oh, it's it's so great to hear, uh, you know, because it's already been two years, almost two years since okay. it's, it's been out. And and you know it's it's always so great to to hear from people who've been who've connected with that that story because yeah. um you know you you launch a, a podcast into the world and you don't you don't know how people will receive it um and and i i knew people in quebec had, had connected with with that podcast which was really interesting i you know i was um, actually uh, on the street at my mom's place uh in my hometown uh last summer and you know we randomly met a neighbor and he started talking about this which was really surprising to me because i didn't have any sense that he would be the kind of person who would listen to to a podcast in english but he was and he connected a lot but it's so great to hear um that you know uh, you who have probably no connection whatsoever with quebec connected with that as well so that's that's great yeah the only thing i remember was what i was taught in school I remember which my, is not much <laughs> which no exactly but I can't remember if it was my geography teacher or my history teacher uh I remember him being uh, and again this is after but I remember him being upset that uh I think it was around this time right that uh Trudeau senior invoked the notwithstanding clause or did something no it wasn't the notwithstanding clause uh, he invoked something that that took away the rights of people for something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, was it the War Measures Act? War Measures Act. Yeah, yeah. Thank and, you, thank you. Back at the, at the worst of the of the crisis in October, right? Yeah, October and he was in. He was in. I think he was in BC when it happened, and he said it affected him out there. Um, and that's so. That's all that I had remembered. So when you know, I saw this pop up as a as a suggestion, I said. Yeah, let's give it a listen. <laughs> you know, and it was great. It was is really, really, really good. So, so thank you for that. Well, thank you, and it was, it was, it was great for me because I learned so much as well about you know uh, my whole history in Quebec. Like you know, because when uh, Jeff, the host, approached me um, to work on this podcast, I was like, you know, oh, that's interesting, and I was like are you out of your mind? Like, you know, we're talking about this event in Quebec that's been discussed and analyzed over and over and over and over. And like, you know, you (laughs) and the Anglophone in Vancouver, (laughs) you think we can do something that's going to be, you know, like bringing, bringing something. And turns out I was, I was quite wrong about it. I discovered a lot about that, that piece of history myself. So nice. Now you're hosting season three of The Village, The Montreal Murders. What drew you to to take on this project and, you know, actually be the host of this? 
Yeah, that's that's actually an interesting story. Um, it was last spring or last, yeah, last June, about a year ago, um, I was approached by, by CBC Podcasts uh, because Justin Ling had done the first two seasons of The Village, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, took place in, in Toronto. Um, and during the first season, there is a reference to a series of murders that uh, happened in, in Montreal. Um, and and Justin interviewed uh, Michael Hendricks, uh, who is an activist uh, in Quebec, like for for queer rights. Um, and and there were a couple of references to 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 that series of murders, and um, uh, but there was no like real plan to do a series. They were just like you know asking me to to do a bit of research, assess whether or not uh, there might be potential for a new season there. Um, and, and see it could be if it could be done as as a co-production with with Radio Canada, because um, of course I have an accent and <laughs> I'm I'm bilingual. Um, so I I started digging into it and and really quickly I I realized that there was potential for for something different, but but quite interesting as well uh, in terms of approaching those events that happened in Montreal, like, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, yes, a series of murders, but but potential to go further as well as, as a way to um, to bring the, uh, you know, like deeper context of what was going on at the time. Um, you know, a, a bit similar to, to what we did with Recall uh, about the FLQ, but it was also about like Quebec society in the 70s, in the 60s and 70s. Um, so I saw the potential for that. And I, you know, I, I, um, uh, I started working on, on an outline and, and like, okay, here are people we could interview. Um, and you know, I, I thought that was it like, okay, you know, like, (laughs) Here you are, you know, uh, there's, yeah, real potential for third season and could easily be done as a co-production. I mean, most of the people I, I found were, uh, they're bilingual or like, you know, there's there's alternative people that you could find. And, you know, I was like, okay, that was it. Um, and, and quickly, uh, well, relatively quickly, the... Um, they got back to me and they're like, okay, would you, would you be interested in, 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 in producing uh, this? We're talking about potentially hosting on, on, on the French side. That was, that was kind of a discussion that was happening. That was what I thought would, would be happening if, if I was ever on board with this project. Um, But yeah, it's not what happened (laughs) Um, because uh, Justin early on, I think, um expressed that he didn't think it was the right person to uh to bring that story because um like you know he, he lives in Montreal but he's uh he, he was not raised there and he didn't feel like he um he was fluent enough uh in French to to bring that story and he felt strongly that it would need to be uh, someone from from the queer community, of course, uh, but also uh, someone uh, who was from Quebec uh, and was bilingual. Um, so, so it could bring the story to another level. So, um, yeah. So, eventually, we we had those discussions, and um, I guess my first reaction was a bit surprised. Um, I I didn't really expect that they would ask me to to host that podcast. 
uh, and I think I, I was on painkillers on that day, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I like, ooh, okay. <laughs> I was like, did I hear that correctly? I was like, ah, pro- probably not. And I think I said something like, you know, well, if you think it serves a story, I guess I will do it. Um, but I, I didn't give it m- more thought than that, and and I was like, okay, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, and then. Up until like it was finally confirmed, I I didn't really think that yeah, <laughs> I would be hosting a, a podcast uh, with CBC Podcast, um, but that's how it happened. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. So you're you're from the community, um, the queer community in in Quebec. Um, you look young though, so I'm not sure at the time that you grew up, but you know, was you know when when you were growing up there, was there any uh, memories of that in the community and were people still talking about what had happened in the past? Yeah. And, and that's interesting. I think you're, you're raising a good point here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm younger than the people I interview on this podcast. Um, so I, I was born in 1983. Uh, so, you know, during those events, I was between like six years old and 10 years old. So really like no connection uh, with what was going on at the time. I mean, on one hand, yes, I have a connection with uh, with those men as as a gay person um, because I can relate with you know what they're going through. I understand uh, to some extent what they've been uh, going through because you know I went through it myself. Um, and you know when we're talking about things that happen in daily life, yes, you know I can relate because I. Yeah, on a daily basis, I go through pretty much the same things. Um, but at another level, I think I'm from different generations. So um, so there was also something that was um, completely new to me. Uh, not new, like, I'm not sure that new is, is, is the right word, but um, there was something um, that was... Um, Interesting to me, interesting to me, because um, at at this level, I could not really relate with what they have been through in the eighties and the nineties. Because you mentioned that it's I'm I'm from a different generation, so you know by the time I I became an adult, it was like you know uh, two thousand two thousand two. Uh, there were discussions about uh, marriage equality. Um, so it was becoming a possibility, which was not for that generation. Um, you could start seeing in, in pop culture and in TV shows, uh, queer representation, of course, not at the level that we see today. Um, but it was in the public sphere, whereas like for that generation, uh, there was a vibrant community, but it was, you know, um, kept in, um, uh, you know, it, it, it was underground, right? Uh, underground is a word. Yeah, so it was more underground. Uh, and it's also a generation that, that's been through the uh, AIDS crisis, uh, which was devastating for uh, for the gay community uh, in Montreal and, and elsewhere. Um, because, you know, you're talking about a generation where uh, if people were in their 20s or their 30s, and in, in, in the span of like a few years, they would um, lose their entire circle of friends um, in the circumstances of this disease, um, which had like, you know, a tragic impact 
uh, on, on the individuals affected. So, um, so, so, so that part, I had read about it. Uh, I knew about it, but I didn't experience it. Um, so I was kind of a, at an interesting point because um, I think my role became kind of a bridge um, because I could relate to some things. There's other things that I could not relate, but I, I could, you know, act as a bridge between our listeners and and, yeah. and those people that we interviewed. Very interesting. Now, you know, through your research, uh, through archive archival material, speaking with with people there, what was what was the public sentiment at that time, both towards um, the AIDS epidemic and those with AIDS uh, and, and to, I guess, gay men specifically in, in and around Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, in the eighties and nineties, eh? um, you know, being, being gay or being queer was not part of the mainstream. So you, you were mostly on, on the margins. Um, you know, I remember conversations as as a kid, and not even in Montreal, but in uh, in Saguenay, which is like nor- northern Quebec, uh, uh, where you know, it was not like obviously homophobic, but it was always a reference as like, oh, those people, you know, oh, those others, right? Um, so I think that was the average sentiment around like, you know, uh, gays and lesbians. And I'm not even talking about like trans people or, or non-binary people. Cause that, I mean, the, non, the concept of being non-binary, I mean, 30 years ago didn't, didn't really exist. Um, and, and, and there was the aspect of, uh, of the AIDS crisis as well, which you, you mentioned. Um, and, and when it comes to that, um, I think all the prejudices against uh, that disease had an impact on the gay community as a whole because who were the groups mostly affected? Like you're talking about uh, gay men, you're talking about, uh, in in Montreal, at least the Asian community, you're talking about hemophiliacs, uh, sex workers, drug users. Uh, So there was a concept of like, you know, blaming the uh, patients, blaming the victims. But there was also the sense that, oh, you know, if, if, if you're gay, you know, like you probably have AIDS, um, so we're not going to approach you. So, so that added a, a level of uh, homophobia and that forced a lot of people like, uh, you know, uh, to coming out, like to come out and to, to get out of the closet uh, because of that stigma. Uh, but that fueled the, violent, the, the violence that we saw um, in, in Montreal in, in the 80s and 90s for sure. Wow. I'm curious, Francis, as, as you're talking about this, um, you know, you, you, you know, you lived your life and you had your issues, you know, at, at that time, it, it might've been different than what people who grew up in the eighties uh, and nineties did, but how, how did researching all of this and sort of going back to this time and this place I'm curious. Did it did it impact you? Did it affect you at all? Um, you know, those are questions that I I never really had to ask myself um, before. You know, like for me, I have a, you know, like I have a boyfriend. You know, like yeah, that's my <laughs> sexuality. So I I I didn't 
I didn't have that political mindset. You know, as a journalist, I'm trying to approach it uh, as an observer uh, and I'm trying to be fair and objective, whatever that, that means. Um, but I, I didn't have to, you know, on a daily basis question, you know, am I a victim of like homophobia or like, you know, especially in Vancouver where like, you know, it's, it's, it's a big city. There's, there's a huge, uh, queer community in Vancouver. Um, but revisiting those, uh, those events that happen, I mean, brought like, um, a new sense of respect for, for that generation. And, and, and also, um, a sense of like, uh, being grateful for, uh, those battles that were achieved by, uh, by that generation, um, for sure. Um, and I mean, there's still, there's still things that need to be, um, uh, there's still other battles that need to be fought, but, uh, but the advancement that happened during those 30 years is just pretty insane. And, um, and I think I have a, a new understanding for that. Um, and yeah, a, a, a better sense of, you know, like my place in the community as, as a big C, right. Yeah. Uh, in society. Right. Nice. Um, what can we expect to learn from season three of the village? What do, or what are you hoping people learn? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, season three is really interesting because, um, it's not just about a series of murders. Uh, we really go back into what it was, um, you know, and for, for, for queer people at that time, um, in our society. Um, so I would hope people, um, take away from that, like, um, the individual stories, uh, that I, I hope that they're going to be touched by those stories and that they're going to have a, a new understanding, uh, of what it meant to be queer on a daily basis, uh, in the context of Montreal in the late eighties, early nineties. But, um, I hope that they'll get away that those people who were looked so differently back then, you know, were pretty much like everybody. They want to, you know, live their life. Uh, they, uh, want to be treated with respect, you know, as, as equals with like, you know, like, uh, a different lifestyle, of course, but like, you know, uh, that they shouldn't be considered as a second class citizen. And I, I hope that that will resonate with people, you know, uh, whether or not you're, you're queer or you're, uh, you're not, I mean, that, that shouldn't make a difference. I think, um, I think in many ways it's a, it's a story that is, uh, universal, uh, I think everybody can can relate to that to somebody who just wants to meet someone and you know get married without like or holding hands with like their partner without like having to fear for their safety or their life. Um, you know, I, I I think that would be a big takeaway. Um, but I hope people will see that as as a piece of history that is important uh, in the context of Canadian society. Because it's not a piece of history that will be taught at school or, you know, that will be like um, top of the list in terms of like uh, uh, priorities when, 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 when you teach uh, what it means to be Canadian. Nice. My guest today has been Francis Plord. He is the host of season three of The Village, The Montreal Murders.
available on the CBC Listen app and everywhere else that you can get podcasts. Uh, Francis, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks.